Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're on in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I'd like to welcome everyone to yet another episode. Exciting times are ahead of us, especially if you are a um, football or soccer fan. Tomorrow is the start of Euro 2020, I guess, 2021, depending on what you want to call it. Um, official start of the tournament. First match, Turkey against Italy should be exciting. Um, I want to do today. I want to do a preview of of um, basically what I think uh, is going to happen in the group stages. Who I think is going to go through. Who I think will struggle. Um, and at the end, I wasn't thinking of um, going through the quarterfinals and semis and and having my winner. But I think I will do that. Um, I'll see how I am with time. Um, but. Maybe I will do that. Uh, just, uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense to, to, while I'm doing everything, I might as well do that as well. So um, hopefully that uh, I will do that part as well and give you guys uh, who I think is going to win the entire thing. Uh, maybe some dark horses in there, some breakout players and things like that. So since I am doing the Euro 2020 preview, it only makes sense that I start with Group A. Um, group A consists of Italy, Switzerland, Wales, and Turkey. Uh, it should be a very tightly contested group, I think. Uh, I think Italy will finish first. There are some things that worry, worry me about Italy. I think the backline's a bit too old in the um, center-back position with Bonucci and, and Chiellini, who have been there forever, it seems like. Um, I'm a little bit worried about that and, and, and you know, injuries and, and things like that. They have missed uh a number of matches this season due to injury so that's something that wears me a little bit about um Italy and I think um the other three teams will will battle for second and third because remember the four best third place finishers will also advance um to the round of of 16 so there's a there's something to fight for um always um Wales is an interesting team for me because I feel like they always have a player that kind of emerges. Don't get me wrong, they still have Gareth Bale, who's, who's a good footballer. Um, if you remember to Euro 2016, um, Joe Allen actually made um, the the starting 11 of the tournament. Um, you know, Joe Allen is maybe not someone you associate with making uh, the first 11 of, of, of the tournament, but he did. And uh, Wales had a great run. Uh, they lost, I believe it was to Portugal. Uh, in the quarters of the semis, I'm I'm not too sure about that, but uh, they did lose, but they made it very far for a team, you know, that a lot of people say, you know, isn't exactly the most talented team in the world, and they're absolutely right, but it seems like they always, uh, maybe not always, but but they have players that do uh, kind of merge. Remember, they still do have Aaron Ramsey, uh, Gareth Bale, as I, as I said before, so so there are players that can kind of um, still carry them, uh, so, so they do that, have that going for them. Switzerland is a very experienced team. Um, their uh, manager, coach uh, Petkovic, has been there for, I think it's like six or seven years now. So he's been able to uh, kind of take that team um, and develop them into a into a pretty good and uh, consistent team. Um, so, so they're another team that you, or another national team that you um, kind of have to watch out for. They can make some noise. Uh, and the interesting thing is Switzerland and Italy are actually in the same group for uh, World Cup qualifying. Uh, they haven't played yet, but they are in a, um, they are in the same group. Uh, one thing I'll say is about this group, 
Turkey scores a lot, but they also concede a lot. So, for example, in their uh, World Cup qualifiers, you know, they're up 2-0 and 3-1 against Latvia, and, and they ended up drawing uh, 3-3. And then you look at the other match, and, and they beat Netherlands 4-2. Uh, I think it was like 4-0 at one point, or, or 3-0 at one point, and then it was cut down to 3-2 and then 4-2 at the end. Um, but it just kind of shows you... Um, uh, the firepower that Turkey does have. Um, like I said, they do leak goals a little bit at the backs, something to keep um, an eye out for in this tournament um, going forward. So that's something that uh, you kind of need to watch because they do concede quite a bit of goals. Um, and I think overall in this group, I think uh, Barella is um, a player who's going to have his coming out party for Italy. He's a midfielder, um, won the Scudetto with with um inter milan and excellent footballer there has been some rumors of him uh and i'm not saying this because i'm arsenal supporter but arsenal i think was kind of looking around and maybe making a transfer for him we'll see what happens with that but arsenal's been really the only team um in his sweepstakes so far but you know just to start for him he's 24 years old so he's still very young um and if he can name make a name for himself uh, a lot of bigger teams will, will a lot of big teams will, will come calling um so like i said italy i think is uh, the team that will finish first in this group and then you know you have another three teams are going to fight for second and third uh group b russia belgium finland and denmark um the only thing that i'm really sure of in this group is that belgium will be going through now whether that's first or second is yet to be seen uh we'll see with what happens with uh kevin de bruyne um with his with his injury uh Zard's been had a really down year with with Real Madrid. We'll see what happens with him. But even despite that, they have a very very good squad. Um and, and the rest of the group is kind of a toss up to tell you the truth. Uh Miranchuk is a great player for Russia. They're going to need a lot from him. He plays for Atalanta now. He made a switch from uh, I believe it was Loko Lokomotiv Moscow. Um, so he plays at Atalanta now, had a very good season as well. They're going to need a lot from him. They're going to need a lot from uh, Juba, their, their um, goal scorer, if they have any chance of, of really going through. Um, and then when I look at Finland, and as I started looking at the the schedule, um, I think that they have the best schedule in this group. So they have Denmark, the first match, which... I think is is winnable for them, or at least they can get points from that match. Now, depending on that mat, how that match finishes, I think for this Finnish side, a lot will um, dictate kind of what happens later on. If they win or they get a draw, I think they're going to be on a little bit of a high, and they go in their second match against Russia. You never know if they can get a point from there. Um, if they win the first match and get a point from there, they already have four. I would say you're pretty much through. Um, in, in that aspect, and they have Belgium in the last match, and Belgium, I think by that time, are already going to be through, and they might not play a lot of their starters, so that's another match where they can possibly um, uh, get points from, uh, so I think that Finland has the best schedule, but again, that first match against Denmark is going to mean so much to them, they need to get something from that match, because if they go out and they lose by a two or three goals or it's a heartbreaker it doesn't matter if it, just if they lose the match that that next match against Russia could be tough for them and I think Belgium would be even worse but I'm banking on them getting at least a point in that first match against Denmark um, 
One thing to mention, Russia and Belgium did play twice in qualifying. Um, Belgium won both matches and the score overall was 7-2. to So that's just something to kind of keep in the back of your mind. And as I went through a lot of these groups, man, there's a lot of these teams who either played against each other in qualifying or are in the same group for uh, World Cup qualifying for 2000, I guess, 24 or 22. Um, so that's kind of also to keep in the back of your mind. There's, you know, teams are familiar with each other, I guess, uh, whether it's it's in the past, um, Euro qualifying, or if it's in the future, which is World Cup qualifying. Uh, so, so like I said, the only thing that's really certain in that group, I, I think Belgium is going through. I think they're going to finish. I said first or second. I think they're going to finish first in that group. I think they're head and shoulders above the rest if they are healthy. Um, Kevin De Bruyne is is obviously uh, their best player there. And like I said, they have Hazard. I haven't even mentioned um, Lukaku, who's had an outstanding season, um, kind of rebirth with Inter Milan. Uh, another great player. So that's another guy to keep an eye on. Uh, group C. We have Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia. Look, very, again, similar to Group A, evenly contested group. Austria and North Macedonia are familiar from qualifying. So um, Austria won 6-2 on goal aggregate. They won both matches 4-1 and then 2-1. But don't sleep on North Macedonia. They did beat Germany not too long ago in Germany. Uh, so that's probably their biggest win in, in the country's history. And Netherlands beat Germany 4-2 in, 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 and the match was played in Germany in qualifying. So that's another, um, little thing to keep in the back of your mind. It seems like everyone has beaten Germany in this group. Uh, and you look, Ukraine. So before I started doing this, I wasn't very high in Ukraine. Then I started looking at the roster a little bit. And Shevchenko's done an excellent job since he took over. Um, look, they finished first in a group that consisted of Portugal and Serbia, among other teams. They didn't lose to either of those two teams. Um, I believe that they, they had two wins and two draws, so they didn't lose, uh, any of those four matches. Um, I think that Ukraine will finish first in this group, um, and then fight for second and third, like a lot of the groups, um, will be very interesting. Netherlands is kind of... they're down for a little bit now they're kind of back up they've started developing some of their younger players and they have a good good blend or good mix of of youth and veteran players austria can cause problems and like i said don't sleep on north macedonia uh pandev is feels like he can score uh crucial goals um from time to time so that's just something to keep in the back of your mind as well i I don't think there's any uh easy outs in this group very tough group um and like I said, evenly contested and, you know, you can pick five people and they can have five different, um, you know, answers as who's, to, as who is going to finish first in the group and second and third and so on. Um, but it's going to be a very good group. Like I said, the matches should be very interesting going forward. Uh, group D, England, Croatia, Scotland, and Czech Republic. So I think the first match between... England and Croatia could determine a lot who finishes first, who ultimately finishes second. Uh, the Scotland-Czech Republic match is also going to be um, a key in this matchup. So basically what I'm saying is the first match day um, is going to be uh, crucial for, for all four teams involved. 
I just don't want that first match between Scotland and Czech Republic to be kind of like um, a feel-out game where, where both teams are going to settle, you know, for a draw. Uh, I think that whomever wins that first match between Scotland and Czech Republic will have a very good um, chance to go through as a third seed. Again, depending on what like the goal differential is and stuff like that, they're going to need to um, get more than they're going to need to get. A, so either Scotland or Czech Republic are, are going to need to win that first game and they're going to need to get a result against England or Croatia. Um, Scotland is a very organized and defensive squad. Tierney um, from Arsenal, Robertson from Liverpool, McTominay from from Scotland, uh, McTominay from from Manchester United. Uh, I got to watch Scotland firsthand because they did play Serbia in the playoff. I thought McTominay was the player of the match in that tie. He was extraordinary, um, really bossed that midfield and um, really holding Serbia down. Uh, Suchek. West Ham player is a big threat offset pieces for West Ham. He did excellent. He was a finalist for, you know, player of the year award. And West Ham was very close to securing a Champions League spot. And Suchek and, and, and uh, Kufal, if, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, par- partnership, their partnership could be key because they play together at West Ham. So they're still kind of, they're, they're familiar with each other. Um, that's something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, so, so just of them being familiar with each other means so much um, in, in, in matches like this and, and um, tight groups like this where, where you where you really know um, the guy's likes and dislikes and what his strengths and weaknesses are. So that's something to keep um, in the back of your mind. This is this is the one group where I'm not sure that the third place team will go on just because I think that Czech Republic and Scotland match will be, I don't want to say boring, but I think it's going to be very defensive. It's going to be a very defensive matchup. And I can't see either team Czech Republic nor Scotland getting any points off Croatia or England. So I don't see um, a third place team from this group um, going on to the um, round of 16. Group E, Spain, Sweden, Poland, and Slovakia. Uh, Spain and Sweden, like I said, uh, they're they're in the same group for World Cup qualifying. They haven't played yet, though, so um, this is a good tournament for them to kind of get familiar with each other. Uh, as news broke not too long ago, um, Diego Llorente uh, and, and Busquets have tested positive for Corona. They most likely will not play the first match against um, Sweden. But we'll 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 see what happens. But I, I mean, if they're already saying they're not gonna play, they're not gonna play. Uh, and the thing with Spain is, uh, Spain isn't the powerhouse that they used to be. I think they're beatable. Uh, Greece has already drawn them in the World Cup um, qualifying that are already under the way. I just I just don't know about in terms of Spain, like where their goals are gonna come from. I get that they have uh, Morata up front. I just don't trust them that much. Look, Poland has the best striker in the world, in my opinion, in Robert Lewandowski. The goalkeeper situation scares me a little bit. Chesney wasn't that great for Juventus this season. I thought Fabianski was really good for West Ham. I know that Chesney is probably going to start, but I would I would personally start Fabianski in there. Um, and that's not biased because, you know, both guys are Arsenal, former Arsenal players, so there's no bias for me. But um, I, think, I think Fabianski just had a better um, overall season uh than Chesney and I would start Fabianski in that. Uh Sweden seems to do well at Euros. I I, I believe that they drew Germany last time. Um 
and they have had other uh, really good results. They just seem to um, come out of nowhere. And they also drew and lost to Spain in, in qualifying, in the last qualifying stage. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind, in the back of your mind as well. And that's obviously the first match as well. Uh, so there's, again, teams are familiar with each other. Um, yet again, and look out for Alexander Isaac, um, Real Sociedad striker, uh, making his name. He's only, I believe, 21 years of age. A lot of big clubs are, are hunting him down, so to say. Barcelona's interested. I know Arsenal was was in the mix a little bit, and I'm sure a bunch of other clubs are interested for him as well. Um, and Slovakia got here, or they qualified by beating North Northern Ireland in the playoff. Uh, something very interesting. Uh, in Slova- so in Slovakia's qualifying group for the Euro 2020s, actually four teams out of that group made the Euro 2020s. So Croatia, Slovakia, Wales, and Hungary. Slovakia's record in those matches, so six matches you play, obviously twice against each team, two wins, three losses, and a draw. So not very good. Uh, I don't see Slovakia uh, getting out of this group. Uh, That first match against Poland is going to be key for them. I think that they have to, I'm not going to say that they're, you know, they need a at least a point. They need a win. They need to beat Poland. And whoever wins that match is going to have the upper hand in advancing even as the one seed. One, two, or three. Like I said, I'm not that big on Spain. I think they're beatable. Sweden, like I said, has their moments, but you know, Sweden's not exactly a world beater as well. Uh, so, so this group is actually very interesting to me. I like this group. I feel like it's evenly contested, even though Spain obviously is the best uh, team out of that group. A lot of inexperienced in that uh, inexperienced in that Poland squad. They have a bunch of players from their domestic league, um, so you kind of question how ready they are for the big stage. Uh, so we'll see what happens in that group. I think a third place team does get out of this group, and the last but not least, Group F: Hungary, Portugal, France, and Germany. The group of death. So it's easily a group of death. Um. Hungary has a huge chance to play spoilers here in this very difficult group. If they can steal points off any nation here, I think the other two nations would thank them. Um, And let's not forget, Hungary led three times at the Euro 2026 against Portugal. They were in the same group. So three times and then at 3-3, it's good enough for Portugal and the rest is history. As they'd like to say, Portugal ends up winning the tournament. Um, you know, Ronaldo goes out due to injury. Um, and yeah, uh, I see personally, I see France and Portugal getting out of this group. I think those two teams, even though they're in the same group, they're the two deepest teams in this tournament. Um, Germany's goal scoring worries me a little bit. Um, team, team Werner, we've seen him for Chelsea this season. Needs a lot of chances to score one goal. Um, I'm a little bit worried about that. They have pretty good wing play. Um, the black back line is okay. Um, really good goalkeepers, but the goal goal scoring worries me a little bit, um, to say the least. And I can see Germany, I think, will go through as a third place team. Uh, but like I said, those matches against Hungary, it's it's not even that these other three teams. Portugal, France, and Germany need to win that. They need to score a lot of goals for the goal differential as well, which it could come down to when it comes to determining, you know, who um, 
who the third place teams um, going through are. So um, that just that's just what I think, and I think, like I said, Portugal and France are, are two of the deepest teams in this tournament. I think they're easily the two deepest, and they're in the same group, which, which is very unfortunate. And then you add Germany to that as well. Um, so, so that's kind of to sum up um, the group there, the groups there. Um, breakout star, like I said, you can have Alexander Isaac. You can have uh, Nicolo Barella from from Italy. Uh, Turkey could be a surprise team, and I know that Italy and Turkey are in the same group. Um, they could be a surprise team because they can score. They can also concede as well. They also concede as well as a lot. They're led by a 35 year old um, Yilmaz from from Lille, who won the uh, French league on the title which was a big surprise too with, with you know PSG in that league um the golden boot I'm gonna pick um Diogo Jota from Portugal I think there's a ton of players on this squad who can set him up um Bruno Fernandes you still have Ronaldo um Ruben Neves uh there's guys all over the place um probably the deepest squad honestly and maybe even in Portugal history uh, so, so I'm really looking forward to to watching um, them play. Bernardo Silva, I haven't even mentioned, um, another exceptional player who could be on his way out of Man City this summer. But there's a lot of a lot of things going on. Basically, in my final, I have the way I worked it out. I have France and Portugal, and I think Portugal wins it. Um, I like the makeup of their team a little bit more. We heard what happened with with France. It feels like there's always some kind of drama with France prior to a tournament. Um, with uh Claude or Claude um Giroud and Olivia Giroud and um and Mbappé so we'll see what happens with that going forward apparently they hugged it out of training today um but we'll see what happens with that going forward I just think that there's always some kind of drama with with the French team and like I said I love Portugal's depth quality players all over the pitch and you know back-to-back champions I guess you can say thank you guys for listening and we'll see you again uh in another episode.